so um, tonight, I guess that it's uh, right before Rosh Hashanah. Uh, speak about something that was inspired by Rabbi Shimon Schwab. But um, before I start, I just want to share a Misa I told over in the yeshiva that uh, there was a yid who was a chassid of Motelach or Nestaipler. And um, so this yid had a business and he was in the grain business or whatever, and he had a competitor who was an anti-Semite, very, very vicious anti-Semite. And so uh, he zikr hated him because he was a year in the same business and they were competitors. So one time, they were both, I guess, on a business. They were in, in, in some restaurant together, some tavern, whatever it was. And um, the guy is there with his assistant. And then the year is sitting there. So when nobody is looking, the guy takes some poison. And he puts it in his assistant's drink. And the assistant drinks the drink and starts screaming in pain and howling. And sure, a few minutes later, he dropped dead. And the guy points to the yid. He says, the yet Jew has killed him. The Jew killed him. He poisoned him. And he, he points a finger at the Jew. And the next thing you know, the yid is in Gahak the Tzorus. Everyone is pointing a finger at him. And he's arrested. And they set a date for the trial. So... Um, he doesn't know what to do with himself, you know, he knows it's going to be a trial, and, uh, you know, the way things work, he's going to probably be either, you know, sent to prison for life or killed, whatever. So he runs to Rav Harvestite and Rav tells him, right now I want you to go home. Go home? Uh, what am I going to do? He says, listen to me, he says, I want you to go home, but I don't need to go home the regular way, I want you to take the steamboat and go home. I guess it was the era that they had already had steamboats, so he goes into the steamboat, a little bit fancier way of traveling, and he's sitting there saying to Hillen the whole time, crying, davening. There's two people on the boat, they see this guy crying hysterically, they go to him and say, sir, what's the matter? So he, he pours out his heart to them, he says, uh, you know, I... Uh, the competitor, and uh, he's accused me of murdering his assistant, and I had nothing to do with it. I don't know. Uh, he says, I did it. He probably, he's the one who did it. And uh, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go to court, and they're going to sentence me to death. So, of course, that's why I'm... So, okay, he comes home. Day of the trial, he walks into court. And uh, who's the judge? One of these guys who was there on the boat. And who's the chief of police? The other guy. And they uh, spoke to this guy, and they thought that he's an honest yid, and he didn't do the murder. So they right away figured it must be the guy who poisoned his own assistant to be able to make a libel against the Jew. So uh, they get a hold of this guy, and they take him to a bar, and they give him a little bit to drink. And they start saying anti-Semitic things, and he starts getting into it, and he says, hey, you know how I got rid of my Jewish competitor? And he tells him the whole story. And so uh, when the trial comes, they already know what the... And so this year, you know, he's sitting in court tittering, and, and he looks up, he sees who the judge is, and the judge calls the guy to the witness stand, and they're able to get him to confess that he's the one who did it. 
and so the Yid was saved. So we have these days, the days of Slichas, we also have a chance to talk to the judge before the trial. Right? You've got a chance to talk to the judge. We have a chance to talk to the Rabbi Nishwayim before the trial, so we should have a right in Slichas, and betzuch um, by the judge that he judge us in a, in a Rachmodistic way. But I want to talk about Rosh Hashanah. You say in Rosh Hashanah, Hayoyim Haras Oyvon. Today is like the birthday of the world. Now, uh, so you could call Rosh Hashanah in a certain sense Mother's Day because it's the day that gives birth to the rest of the year, right? And so if you think, if you look at the year, so the word Shana is a Lush in the Kava. But everything else in the year, Yoim, Shavua, and Chodesh are all masculine terms. So the point is, it is the year that gives birth to the individual days that are part of the year. So you have Yoim, Shavua, Chodesh. So Rosh Hashanah, in a certain sense, is the Mother's Day of creation. And so to, to be able to get an insight into Rosh Hashanah, I want to talk about some of the mothers that you're going to be confronted with when you go through the Tfilis and Rosh Hashanah. We're going to meet a bunch of women, and each one is going to teach you an aspect of Rosh Hashanah that's so significant. So our first matriarch that you meet is Rivka Imenu. Now, it's a fascinating thing. When you start the davening, every machzer has rewritten, instead of saying, V'fiyashorim tishalo, derezim tishborach, the way we say it every week, we change the nusuch so that when you daven, you're going to have Yitzhak and Rivka looking you straight into the eye, right? You're going to daven, and you see like a gate, and you enter into that gate surrounded by Yitzhak and Rivka. Nusuch, sorry, I think always that. It could be. You should ask it as we restructure it to, to put Yitzhak and Rivka there. What is the pshat? The pshat, I think, is that Yitzhak and Rivka are the are the, the, the Odwes and Imois that never chased any of the children away. Avram chased away Yishmol, right? Uh, Esau never left Yitzhak and Rivka's house. And the, the, uh, at the end of Rivka's life, the last thing it says is that she was Aim Yaakov Esau. Esau stayed in the house all the time. That's why Yitzhak is the one who uh, defends Klal Yisrael. The Gemara says that... Uh, your children too. What are you coming to me, Bonecha? So Yitzhak makes a deal with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Listening, you know, you make from Shana. You take half, I'll take half, and of that half, he finally, you know, he boils it down to a few years, and he says, okay, so I'll take half, you take half. And so Shaina Kadishborhu is Moichul Klaw Yisro. So Yitzhak and Rivka are the ones who said, No matter who you are, no matter how far you've strayed, you're still my child. And uh this the side of Rosh Hashanah is this Nakuta that Rosh Hashanah says to you, wherever you are, you can always come home. Azoidas, that happened in Florida. There was a Yid he used to go to Florida business, whatever, but he he was a Frumayid, and he had a uh, a cousin that was not from. He always made it a point to visit them. It was a cousin and his wife, and he always made it a point to go to the house. 
And they, you know, they left Yiddishkeit. They had nothing to do with it. They had a house in Florida and they're living in Florida. One day he comes to visit and he notices the guy's wearing a yarmulke and it doesn't look like one of these Kaisel Marovi yarmulkes. It's a real deal, right? You know, and he goes into the house and he sees there's an art school Gomorrah over there and there's mezuzahs on every doorpost. And he says, uh, what's going on over here? There's a stickle of metamorphosis. He says, uh, I'll tell you the story. He says, it was Rosh Hashanah. I'm sitting on the porch with my wife. And I'm looking out. All of a sudden, I see a bunch of uh, Jewish guys, you know, people walking down to the beach. Now, normally, people go to the beach. They're carrying a surfboard. They're wearing a bathing suit. These guys are wearing suits and hats and jackets. And they're going down to the beach. You know, so they're not going surfing. So I hopped. I remember they're going to Tashlech, and it's Rosh Hashanah, oh my gosh. And so the guy, for whatever reason, decides, I'm going to go join them. I haven't said Tashlech in 40 years. So he puts on a yarmulke, and he goes down. And, you know, some guy, he says, uh, would you like to say that prayer? And he shows him what to say. You know, you throw your sins into the water. Okay, very good. Then the guy comes over to him, and he says, did you hear Shofri yet today? So he says, no, I didn't. So he says to him, you know, uh, my name is Moshe Katz, and I blow Shoifer here in the shul. And so he blows the Shoifer for him, blows him 30 kilos, and he finishes. I says, thank you very much. He says, you know, my name is Moshe Katz, and I'm the rab, I'm, I'm, I'm the Baltakei in the shul. If you ever need anything, you know, just remember Moshe Katz. He over and over again tells him Moshe Katz. So, the guy goes back home and he sees his wife says, so uh, what was going on over there? So he says, it's the strangest thing that happened. You know, I, I, I standing over there and the guy comes over to me and he says, would you like to hear the shoifer? My name is Moshe Katz. And he takes out a little shoifer and he blows for me. He looks at his wife and she like turned white. And he says, what's the problem? What's the matter? He says, what did you say the guy's name was? It's Moshe Katz. He says, Moshe Katz was my father's name. And he was the Baltikeya in Prezburg. I can't believe it. A guy came to you named Moshe Katz from, and, and, and he blew the shoifer for you. Some say that this was Moshe Katz came back. But I'll call upon him. The guy says to him, my name is Moshe Katz. I'm the Baltikeya in the shul. Anyway, they realized Yeshvarim Begav. They went to talk to the rabbi in the shul, and they started to come back to Yiddishkeit. And mainly, they, they became Balachuva. Somebody went to Reb Chaim Kanievsky and said, "What was shot over here? Why was this guy Zoyche to either the Zayde visiting him or the Rebbeishim choreographed that Tunklich this guy Baltake and Moshe Katz would come?" So he said, "The guy made the first move." He put on a yarmulke and he went to say Tashla. Once he did that, now everything is open. Now the bunch of people do the rest. You make the first move and anything can happen. That's the magic of Rosh Hashanah. It's a day. It's a day that no matter how far you are, you can come back. I had this, uh, I had this aura when, when one of the times we traveled cross country from uh, Denver to we either went from Denver to, to Lakewood or from Denver to Baltimore, whatever. But So you took I-70 straight through. So one time we were going, by now my son had a license, my son Menachem, and um, we had 
Yidden in, in Denver to ask us if we could bring their car to Lakewood. Okay, so um, we had two cars. So remember, my son Avrami said, okay, we got to get CB radios. This is before the cell phone era. <laughs> so we went to the Mile High Flea Market. We got four sets of CB radios, right? Only one of them worked. And, you know, we practice and all of that. We're going to go. And I'm in the front with my wife in the Voyager. And they're in the back in uh, whatever the car was. And uh, so the girls and, and the parents are in the front. And the boys are in the back with the car, with the CB radio, Kishmak. And, you know, they, they start talking to us. We heard every word. Whatever we said, they didn't hear a word. For whatever reason, they could never hear it. So we're going through and we drive through. You drive through Colorado. Then you hit Kansas. Then you get through Kansas. You hit uh, Missouri. Go through Missouri, you hit Indiana, then you get to Illinois. Illinois takes you to Ohio, Ohio to West Virginia, then to Pennsylvania. We get to Pennsylvania, and my son shoots ahead onto the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And all of a sudden he calls me, Abba, I'm going the wrong direction. What should I do? I'm going back to Wisconsin or whatever. So I, you know, I, I, I told him, make a turn over here, do this, do that. The first time in three days he heard me. <laughs> And so he came back, and that was the last time he heard me. <laughs> so I said to him, you see how it works? The whole year, we, you know, we talk, Hashem listens. Hashem talks, we don't listen. Comes Rosh Hashanah, your mom is going off the deep end. We're, 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 yeah, yeah, you'd stray too far. Ta'avnu, to'inu, titonu, saranu, we're already straight away. That Hashem called, blows the shofar and pulls us back to the flight pattern. He brings us back home. That's Rosh Hashanah. You can always come home. So that's Rivka and Yitzchak tell us before you start davening, you're welcome. You can daven. There's no such a thing. And then you come to Sora Imenu. We lay in Vashem Pokad as So uh, Rosh Hashanah was the day, you know, this magic that I could have for you. Sora did not, was born without a womb. And she's 90 years old. And now she's young again. And everybody would like that to happen, you know, when you're 90 years old. And it was a mice with uh, this guy became, uh, grew up in Eritrea, he became a doctor, traveled to America, he's practicing in America. And he's working on things, and, you know, and he invented this potion that makes you young. So he decided, you know, I'll send some to my parents. You know. So he sends the bottle of this potion to his parents. And uh, a year or so later, he decides he has to go back there to Israel to visit his parents. So he goes back there to Israel. He tells them that he's coming, when he's coming. And he comes to the block, and his mother's coming to greet him. And he looks down the block, and there's this young lady. She's wearing this, you know, ponytail shape with a baseball cap. And she's got this uh, stroller, the jogger stroller, right? And he's got a little baby in the thing. And he comes to meet her. She screams at him, Chayim, Chayim, it's me. And he says, Mama, you look so young, unbelievable. And you had a baby, right? She says, no, 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 no. Abba just swallowed the whole bottle, right? <laughs> so, anyway, so we would like to be young again. But, but sorry, Maynu. <laughs> sorry, Maynu. Um, she became, uh, at 90 years old, she had a baby. So the magic of Rosh Hashanah is that you can change your whole reality you can change your whole reality but because it's a new year and it's a new year everything is new the whole there's no such a thing that uh, i am what i am and it is rosh hashanah rosh hashanah you get everything brand new 
if you realize that and you daten the Yisdar Tzayin, you can have a total. There was a yid. We just read the story in the Sefer Luna Shlema. There was a yid. He had terrible geferlich back trouble. He couldn't. He couldn't sit down for more than ten minutes, and it was mamish affecting his life. He had a child. He tried to do homework, to learn Gemara with the kid. After 10 minutes, he's screaming in pain. He has to lie down. He can't have a decent state with his son. His, his wife can't live with the guy. His mom is she's constantly in bed, constantly in pain, constantly popping pills. And, and, and so he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's in such pain. It's going on for years. So he talks to his rub when the rub comes to him and he says, I think his name is Daniel. He says, Daniel, you have to understand, Rosh Hashanah is coming. Rosh Hashanah, you become a new person. Nothing in Rosh every whatever was till now is 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 finished. Rosh Hashanah is a new haschola. Do you believe Hakadosh Baruch could give you a new back? Because I believe he can give you a new back, but it hasn't happened yet. He says, I want you to daven this Rosh Hashanah like you never daven before, and just tell Hakadosh Baruch not, it's not for you. Your son's entitled to a father who can be there for him. Your wife is entitled to a husband who's in a good mood half the time. Right? She's entitled to it. So David HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not just for yourself, but for your children, for your wife. Or, but David and make Rosh Hashanah change the reality. So he has Manash Rosh Hashanah, he is doctor sign. After Rosh Hashanah, after the young table, he goes to the doctor... He wants to get the new batch of medication which he takes, the painkillers, whatever he was taking, what medication he was taking. So um, so he goes to the doctor, and there's a young doctor who's, you know, the other doctor's on vacation. He's got a young guy straight out of doctor medical school, and the doctor's there. And he says, okay, I need, you know, I need, uh, you know, 25 milligrams of uh, solarium and 25 millions, uh, you know, milligrams of, uh, you know, whatever it is. And the, the guy says, that's a lot of medication you're taking over there. That's heavy stuff. He said, um, I want you to take an x-ray and check your liver. He says, what are you, how can be a cop? I've been taking this medicine for 10 years. What are you, what are you, what are you taking? I've had to the best specialists. He says, I want you to take uh, MRI of your liver. Anyway, okay, the guy schedules it. He takes the MRI. The doctor who does the MRI says, you know, you've got a blockage over here. And that can cause back pain. You've got to clear that blockage. And so they cleared the blockage. And um, I know it was the little kidneys, maybe it was whatever it was. I called upon them. They cleared the blockage, and the guy is pain-free. And so the doctor, his regular doctor, came back. He said, you know, it never fouled me eye. But he was right. So he had this young guy, fresh out of school. And he just learned that in medical school, that back trouble can be precipitated by something with the kidney, and he tells the guy, I want you to have an MRI the kidney, and that was Rishul. But Rosh Hashanah was the turning point. Rosh set it up. So the first Nakud they have to realize is Rosh Hashanah is this day, Hashem Pokad HaSor, and you find Hashem Pokad as Chana, all of the, the why Rosh Hashanah, because Rosh Hashanah is the day where everything starts fresh. Nothing that was there yesterday is Mechuyiv to be there today, and you can change your reality. Like we said the other time, it's Roshan's the protoplasm of the rest of the year, and you can shift things around, you can make things happen. Then we talk about in the Haftarah, you meet up with Chana. And Chana, it says, Chana al Hashem. 
He doesn't say about this Palachan El Hashem. She didn't daven to Hashem. She daven Al Hashem. What's the pshat? He says, you know, for, uh, we say Zochreinu Lachayim. Wait a second. We normally, the first three brachas are not brachas where you make bakoshas. They're brachas when you makir, avois, gevurois. Where do you come to make a bakoshas of Reino Lechaim in the middle of Birchas Avois? So Ruvi Karelmasi says, because we are so desperate, we are in such a matzah, we can't wait. We start Shmoyna Esrei, you right away want to blur it out. We can't help Zachayim, right? So, so I said, Zachayim, so Hashem is going to give me life. So I said, no. I want to live life for your sake, not for my sake. Oh, that's a different life. That's about this Palul Chana Al Hashem. She's davening for the Tachlus of HaKadosh Baruch not for herself. So I want to have a child, not because I want to satisfy my feminine needs to have a baby, not because I want to have a child so he can be given over to serve you. That's my Tafkid. So that's Laman Chalikim Chayim. I told the story before, but I mean, the, you know, it, it, it's very in the Gea here. There was a, a, a lady in Hadassah in Kerem who was... Uh, you know, she was very, very sick. And she was at the point where the doctors told the family it could be any day now she's going to go. And she was mamish dying away. <clears throat> so one day the daughter is there with the mother and the mother says, please leave the room. So the daughter hops. My mother's about to die. She doesn't want me to be there. She runs <clears throat> to the nurse's station. She calls her father, Abba. I think um, you, know, you should come right away and bring the candles. I think this is it. She comes back, she peeks into the room, and her mother is trying to lift the blanket over her head. And she hears her mother's talking. And what happened? The mother says, If I die, so what are you going to fadin? She'll have no chamat seven haramenuchais, and if you kapitlach tilim, they'll say on my yurtzeit. He says, I'm going to let me live. I will dedicate my life to you. I will become a cook in yeshivas and I will give myself, I will not charge, I'll do it for free. But from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, I will just work for yeshivas from a koimisatayra and, and give all my koichas to that. Just let me live and I'll live just to serve your children. A few minutes later, she calls her daughter and she asks for a glass of water. So the daughter thinks right away, oh, they need tzaddik before they die. They want to make a shahakal near And then they want to say, boy, the foshes, rabbis, viches, run. That's a way Halig mentioned like to go. So she figures, okay, she wants to get the water. The nurse says, what are you doing? Your mother doesn't have a system to digest it. You're going to kill her. The mother says to the girl, listen, this is not to do with Hadassah and Karim anymore. This is, <clears throat> give me the water. So she brings him out of the water. A little bit later, she asks for another glass of water. A little bit later, she asks for something to eat. And uh, the doctors are going crazy. She says, just, I need something to eat. Right? Something soft. Anyway, a week later, she was ready to leave the hospital. They get into the car. She says, we're not going home. 
we're first stopping at a yeshiva. I have to know where I'm going to work tomorrow. They stop at one yeshiva. The Rosh Yeshiva says, it's nice. Mom is the cook. We have 300 Talmidim this year. The cook is going crazy. She needs help. You came on this year, Shliach Hashem. And she started working there. And right now she's a, a, a bubba with, set, with 72 years old, with chill, with 8 o'clock. And she's still alive. She's still cooking. Right? In the summertime, she goes to the Mir Yeshiva, where they have 500 bachram stick around the whole summer. Pace of time, they have bachram. Whole year, 365 days a year, every morning. That's Lumancha Likimchai. That's that's what he wanted to do. That's the Yisoyed of Vorim. There's a Moedekamaisa that I think stells to the same idea. There was a a group of Yidden that came from Hungary after the war, all Holocaust survivors. They wanted to start a Kehila just you know for their you know their Like you know, I grew up, I dated in the Shtibel which was all a bunch of Vina Yidden who came across America, right? So we, uh, it was a shtibel, a bunch of Vina Yidden, and uh, the, the Rav was the, we called him the Rebbe, he was was the former Av-based in Preshburg after the war, and he was a Yid with service, but he became the Rebbe, and uh, we had a shtibel. So they wanted to start as a shtibel, and, uh, but they were Hungarian Yidden, and they wanted to get a rov who would be mamish that had a shaykhus to them, who understood what they wanted. They couldn't find anybody. They didn't want anyone American. They wanted uh, European, and they couldn't. There was one yid amongst them that was a uh, and he knew psak. And they asked him, he didn't want the job. After a while, they realized he's the only person who could do it. They said, please, we, if you don't do it, the whole chav whole is going to fall apart. So he was masking to do it. So he says, I'm doing them in three conditions. First of all, you'll pay my salary. And I will take care of the gala. I will learn with the children in the morning. I will give shiurim at night. I'll take care of everything. Right? But the second condition is I don't sit on the Mizrach. I'm, I sit with everybody else. I, I don't want any covet. Shum oifen, no covet. That's the, uh, that was, that was a chayt that he said, okay, the one he covered, no covet. Anyway, so uh, these were some of his conditions, right? Uh, one other condition, I, forget, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, so okay, everything is going well. They realize he taka, he passed him to Shailas, and uh, you know he was a big Talmud Chacham, and he was able to pass him to Shailas, and when he didn't have, didn't have a terrorist, he went to other Rabbanim. Everything is working out. Came Yontif. All of a sudden, the people got nervous. They said, wait a second, you know, Yontif, we're going to have open, so Urchim are going to come. And they're going to see the Rav doesn't sit on the Mizrach, he doesn't get any covered, nothing. They're going to think we're a bunch of Mishikans. What kind of business do you have a Rav and you don't give him any cover? No one's going to understand. When we're going to say, oh, he doesn't want any cover, so we don't give him any cover. Are you guys crazy? So they went to the Rav, they said, do, do us a favor. Can, can you at least yontiv, sit on the Mizrach, you know, take Shalishi? He said, no, covered, b'shum I finished. So the president was a shtickle pikeach, and after everyone left, he said, Rebbe, listen, you know, when, when two people have a shayla and they can't come up with a terrorist, but make a compromise. He said, you don't want any covet, but we want me mechabed you, right? So let's compromise. Take one thing, one, one kibbit. So he figured, okay, he'll take Mafta Yoyna, he'll take a shlishi, right? he'll take chasen toira, chasen bereshis, whatever. He says, okay, I want a daven musaf. That's all I want to be the Shlitzibah for Musaf. Okay, 
So later on, the the the, the, the year goes over to me. Says Rebbe, what's happening? Musaf, Chosn Tayrus not good enough, right? The Shlishi not good enough. Why? Why you want to have Musaf? He says, because all my life, been chalushing to make a certain bracha. You can only make that bracha if you're the Shulif Tzibur from Musaf. The bracha is Baruch Hashem Sheoischa Levadcha B'Yir Enavli. I want to make that bracha. That's a bracha. That's leman chalakim chayim. The only thing I want to do is make a bracha. So that's chana, but it's pal chana ala Hashem. Then you come to back to the kriyas of the morning. Torah tells us about Avram and Sora. Avram doesn't want to send away Yishmol. Sora says, "Get him out of the house." And kilo yoresh. So Hashem says to So you read this dialogue in the Kriyas Atayim. You hear this debate about Vodim versus Bonim, in Kibonim and Kavodim, right? What we say by so this is a debate that we have to feel. And we want to be born in This is the so the emiss is like this. How do you become by goes from the Kisei Din to the Kisei Rachman? how does that happen? How do you get a Kodesh Baruch Hu? A Kodesh Baruch Hu sitting in Din, and you blow the shayf and you sit in the Kisei Rachman. You're driving your car in your tight shaker, so you smash into three other cars. Then you knock over a light pole, which falls down and hits a lady who's carrying a, you know, a baby carriage, and the baby carriage is broken. And, uh, you know, you, you, you wreaked havoc in the street, and you come to the court, and the judge throws the book at you, and he says, "You know, I'm going to book you for reckless driving, for speeding, for you know, running a red light. You, you know, you you broke the the lamp, you injured this woman, you damaged a bunch of cars. The policeman that was watching you was hit by shrapnel or whatever it was." And uh, so the guy says, "Your Your Honor, one second. And he pulls out a kazoo, and he goes, <coughs> and he goes, "Okay, case is dropped, right?" So, you know, we come to the Rabbi Nisham, we have a peckle of Averus, we take a shayf, we blow the shayf, he says, oh, okay, I'm getting off the Kisei Din, I will sit in the Kisei Rachman, the Shalom on Yisrael. What is the pshat? How does, how does the shayf affect such a dramatic change because we blew a shayf? Right? What do you do with all your Averus? What's the pshat? So, um, I think that perhaps the Yisraelit Vorim is like this. The Kisei Din is Din and Rachman. Din is very finite. It has its, these are the rules, this is what it says. Rachman is unlimited. A human being is made of a guf and a neshama. The guf is very limited. You can only run so fast, you can jump so high, you can scream so loud, you can see so far. There's a limit, the guf is limited. The neshama has no limits. The neshama can live forever, the neshama can go to the kisei covered. the neshama is unlimited. The person wants to live with the constraints of the guf. You see yourself as just a shtick guf. So you're limited. So you're entitled to din, which is limited, which is, which is as a framework. You want to say, nein, I'm a neshamala. But then you're a different bria. 
then Rachim, which is unlimited, is Shaykh to you. Right? A person blows the Shaykh, how do you blow the Shaykh? You take the breath that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to you, and you blow that back and you coronate HaKadosh Baruch Hu as the Melech. Right? That's the Yisoyed of Shaykh. I'm taking my Neshama, my Neshima, and say, Rabbi you gave this neshama to me. I'm going to use this neshama to blow through the shofar and declare you that you're the melech and I'm you're my father. I'm the king. That's what I'm doing. When when a person does that, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm, I want to be a neshama. I want to be an erlich I want to live my life that the ikur is my neshama, not my guf. So then Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, Ebazei, I can't judge you with the finite nature of din. I have to judge you with rachman because you're neshama. And, and, and the Mela is no limit. And so it, it's not Stamazoi that you just blew the Shafer. You say the terms of the Shafer is blown, and you think to yourself, the Iker I want to live with is my Neshoma. That's going to define my reality. My, my, I'm, I'm going to express my reality through my Neshoma, not through my Guf. Then I could have says that Ebaze, I have to deal with you different. Then you're my child, and I sit in the Kise Shorachman, and I give you a. a so that's the, the, the you, you hear this, the dialogue of Avram and Sarah, and you hear that as you say it. Then in the Haftoyer, we come to Rochel Imenu. Rochel Imenu, in the Haftoyer, the second day, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, G'yesh schale pulosech v'shovu me'eretz o'yev. I had the promise to Rochel, because Rochel, Tainan, I gave everything over to Leah. I made room for my sister in my house. It was my marriage. And I brought my sister and I made room for my sister. And the Yisoyed Vorim is that we have to be that sensitive. The Yisoyed Vorim is if we emulate that midah to make room for other people, then HaKadosh Baruch can bring Mashiach. It was a Merdik that I heard that there was a bocher in, in an American... He became a younger man. A younger man who was a bucky because Chadri Hashas. Everything. You know, Shas, Shochanoruch, Mamish, a bucky, like not, not normal. He was fahared by one of the Gedoylem and the guy, Mamish. Unbelievable. Future God Ladur. This, this, this year who fahared him met the father. He asked the father, was this always? Your kid was born a genius. He said, no, I'll tell you what happened. Kid was a regular bach in yeshiva. One day, regular weekday, he got he got the call up for hagba. So what did he do? He did a reverse hagba. And this is not simchus Torah. This is like parshas vayigash, right? And he does a reverse hagba, and the place is like, "What's this guy crazy? What's he trying to do? He's showing off. What he's wants to show? He just went weightlifting, and he's doing a reverse hagba, like." Everyone is tumbling. So the Rosh Hashiva calls him in after davening. He says, uh, what's Pshat? What are you doing in reverse? He says, I'll tell you why. The guy who got called up for Shlishi had a stutter. And it took him a long time to make the brach. And everybody was laughing. They saw the snickers on Bochum's faces and the people smiling, the people looking at their nails and all of that. And, you know, you can tell that, you know, everybody was just sort of like, and the guy was embarrassed. And I got called up. I had a minute to think, what can I do to take away the busha from this guy? So I decided I'm going to do a reverse hug, but everyone's going to talk about me and they'll stop thinking about him. He said, from that moment on, it was like 
everything opened up, my son. And he suddenly, whatever he learned, he remembered. He had a tremendous ikarim. And everything fell into place. Mamish, unbelievable. And he that was uh, somebody, his whole diagnosis was the next guy. And he, he was put him, he put his own reputation on the line to help another year. So he was zoichet to that godless. But um, this is Rachel Imenu. As I'll say, it says, um, when can you, when, when is it time for chakras? So the Gemara says, Hamaka is Chaveiro Berichuk Daladamois. Right? Hamaka, your friend, Berichuk Daladamois. I once heard a pshat. What does it mean? When is the time going to be for Mashiach? When is going to be Kriyash Mashal Shachras? When will the dawn finally come that we're waiting for? When you can be makir someone who's not in your Dalad Amas. He's not from Anshay Shleimeinu. He's not in my Dalad Amas, whatever it is. But I can still be makir him and be makshir him because he's a Yid and I can make room for him. That's the Pshat. That's when it's time. That's when Mashiach, that's when you'll bring the oil Mashiach. That's the... the it says in the Haftar in Parshas Eikhev, the Moyadik of Vord over here, that Mendel Hirsch says, Pasik says, Oid Yoimru Ba'oznayach B'neishu Kuloyach. The time will come when your children will say, Tsarli Hamakim. It's very, very tight. There's no room over here. Gesholi, come to me Ve'esheva so that I can sit down. It doesn't say over here, there's very little room, so get lost, so I have room. It says, there's not a lot of room, therefore come close to me, let me find a place for you that I can sit down. I can't sit down if there's not room for another yid. But when you, when I can make you comfortable, then I can be comfortable sitting down. That's, that, that's roughly mainly, that I can't have my marriage with Yaakov if you don't have the marriage because it's going to hurt your feelings. Then we'll see what happens. That's, that's the Zman of Mashiach. When a Yid will say, So that's the Yisoyed Advarim. Well, we're running out of time over here. Just very quickly say, you also meet up with another woman who is the mother of Cicero. And you learn the Indian of a hundred Kailas and a Shafer from Cicero's mother, right? So on one hand, this Rav Shimon Schwab says that she's vacillating between, on one end she's being told, oh, he won the war, and he's taking the spoils, and he's raping Jewish women, and he's, you know, ripping apart their houses and taking their wealth, and so he's uh, a victory. And, and part of her says, no, he's dead. And she's vacillating between two extremes, for the ultimate happiness or the ultimate tsar, right? That's when you hear the Shafer, when you're davening in Rosh Hashanah, that's the way we feel. We feel we don't know what's going to be, right? And we're not sure what's the, what's the desire to do. This forum are open, right? That's, that's Rosh Hashanah. That's that balance. That's what the one thing. The other Nakuda is that, how do you know she cried? It says she cried a hundred cries. So Isaac Shore says, how do we know she cried a hundred cries? There was a malach that counted every single kvetch. Every groan was counted by a malach. That means to say everything that happens is She was supposed to cry a hundred cries and a malach counted it a hundred cries. Right? We say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how many cries did we cry over the years? 
how many tsarists, how many yidin cried and groaned in pain in the Holocaust and before that, and the Gazeros Tachbatat, and the Inquisitions, and the pogroms, and all the tsarists, how many yidin groaned and cried, how many krechts do we have to give till you'll bring Mashiach and Yetz Hashem? But when we blow a hundred kailas to echo what happened with her to say, Boishim, when are you going to take care of us? And that's the, the, the so you remember the Aim Sisra. So, uh, just share one last machshava uh, about Rosh Hashanah. Once, uh, one summer, after the end of the summer, I went to Rav Schwab. And I wasn't a good boy in the summer. I, and I, now I'm going back to Yeshiva, and Elul, Elul in Yeshiva, you know, his mamish, everybody is davening like crazy, and, you know, he's screaming, Yeheshme Rabba, and everything's uptight and intense. And, you know, really, Elul is Elul in Yeshiva, right? And I'm going back to Yeshiva, and I had this really terrible song. So I, I said, I need to get some chizik. So I went into Rishina Schwab. So he says to me, open up the, the Rosh Hashanah, Shman Esrei. So uh, he says, what does it say? He started the whole world should create the unity and uh, what's the Lashon over here? Um, he says, what kind of Shemun Esri is this? Who davened this kind of I care about the whole world. Cast your fear, O oh Lord, upon all of mankind and all that. Who, who, who davened this Shemun Esri? The only person who says it is a tzaddik. You know why you davened that Shemun Esri in Rosh Hashanah? Because in Rosh Hashanah you're a tzaddik. The, the, the tshuva of Rosh Hashanah, we don't mention the chait in Rosh Hashanah, but it's one of the days of the Yasser made tshuva. Terence says, because the tshuva in Rosh Hashanah is, I'm starting fresh. Today I'm a tzaddik. That's the tshuva of Rosh Hashanah. That, it's a new beginning. Today it's, I'm a, I'm a tzaddik, I'm starting fresh. I'll get to the Yasser made tshuva, I'll deal with last year. Right now I'm starting fresh, I'm a tzaddik. You have to understand, Hashem gives us a chance to say, Rabbi Yishleven, Icarus, I want to start fresh. I want to be Makabal Yamalchus. Today I'm a tzaddik. That's all you need. That's Rosh Hashanah. Today you're a tzaddik. And after you're a tzaddik, okay, you know, now you can, uh, well, there was a Maisid, there was a Yid, Itzik, he, uh, he ran the garage in Eretz Yisrael. He was a mechanic. He had a guy, Yossel, who was his assistant. So one day he says to Yossel, uh, yes, I'm closing up for a week. My son's getting married, making a chasna. And so next week you got a week off and you're also invited to the chasta. So you come to the chasta, the chastas, whatever. And, okay. So it's, it goes home, he takes a, a long bath and he scrubs off the grease and the grime and the schmutz and the slime and mamish. He gets out of the shower. Finally, after three hours washing and scrubbing, now he's clean mamish. Everything is beautiful and he's got a brand new suit. He comes to the chasta. And his mom is dressed in a brand new suit with a brand new hat and everything is... And Yossel comes to the wedding and he walks by and uh, Itzik is greeting all the guests and he just walks by and uh, ignores his boss. So it says, Yossel, you don't say Mazel Tov to your boss? He says, you, it's you? I didn't recognize you, right? He says, it doesn't look like you. So he says, you're making a mistake. This is me. What you see in the in the garage, that's not me. That's somebody else. What you're seeing today is the real me. Rosh Hashanah is the real me. That's who I am. 
That's the, the tzaddik that I am in Rosh Hashanah. That's who I am. Everybody, everything else, the rest of it, that's not really who we are. Who we really are and who we really can be is the person we try to be in Rosh Hashanah. So we should be so the problem is that uh, the, the next few Tuesdays don't look very promising. Hopefully, they'll be promising. Yeah, yeah.